Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different, different. This is NOCO FM. And welcome to Connecting a Better World, where we spend time meeting some of the most incredible human beings who make this world a better place. We will learn how each individual took their ideas, mission, and purpose to create and serve others in business and organizations that surround social good, social entrepreneurship, and social impact, and find out how we, together, can further connect others to help. I am your host, Dr. Natalie Phillips. Clara Gonzalez Santillan is originally from Texas, but has now called Colorado her home for the last 12 years. Clara started her career as a certified medical assistant and a licensed certified massage therapist. She has a hunger for giving back in any way she can, especially giving back using her hands and her passion of massage. Clara has felt very fortunate to volunteer her time and profits to nonprofit organizations such as the Saruni, the One Who Rescues, an organization rescuing girls in Kenya from human trafficking, Shooting for a Cause, the Ram Strength Lubick Foundation, Walk for the Cure for Cancer, and many other causes that catch her heart. So I'm so excited to introduce my listeners to Clara Gonzalez Santian. And I just met her about a week ago and we were able to connect and I was like, oh my gosh, you have to be on my podcast. So what happened was I ended up going in to this spa and salon here in town, Athena Spa and Salon, and she was my massage therapist. I know it's crazy. People laugh at me because they say you're supposed to be relaxed when you're getting massage, but we totally just connected. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm booking you for my podcast. <laughs> and it was so exciting, but she's such a really special soul. So welcome. And tell Thank me a you. little bit more about Athena and your work there and what you guys do. Oh my goodness. We do a lot of giving back to the community. Not only are we providing amazing things as far as having women come in for events or weddings or just every day, just having women feel good about themselves and just having an amazing place where you can do it and just kind of feel like home. Uh, that's what Athena is. We also do like events. We've done, we're going to be having some events come up. I know we're trying to get in to do a soup kitchen, like feed up for here for November. They were actually a part of helping out with collecting blankets for the shelter that I got to do for Fort Collins. Very cool. And then didn't you, I was there and didn't they talk also about doing some different haircut type of things too, right? Yes. Actually, one of the gals, our lead hair team, Janet, she actually does donate her time and she'll drive down to Denver and do haircuts for the homeless. There's certain days out of the week that she'll actually go down there and do that. And that's her thing too. That's like part of what feeds her soul, giving back. So she joins up with an organization down in Denver? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So those of you, check out Athena. Yes. Our owner, she's my mentor. I look up to her very much. I think she's part of what feeds me as well and inspires me to do more. She actually has an amazing story, but she's very involved, especially, you know, just being that this is her business. We've done so many things with Say, for example, collecting school supplies for the kids and doing things like that. We just did actually making pottery and so much of the proceeds went to an event. So we just were constantly doing something. But to give back to the community, I think it's very important. And she she definitely speaks that. So lead by example. 
I want you to start about telling me about who you are, first of all, and what your story is. I'm a therapist. I've been a therapist for about 13 plus years. Minus from that, I worked in the medical field 10 years. I have two beautiful children. Been up here in Colorado for about 12 years now. And I'm a fellow Texan. <laughs> I'm very proud, as my friends will tell you. Just like to be very involved with the community, giving back, being that voice for others. And you said you're a massage therapist, but yes. I do love your email and your contact information, everything, and your business is mm-hmm. called Wopika Hands, right? And that's spelled W-O-P-I-K-A Hands. Tell me a little bit more about that. I started my business just more for having a door open when you have your own business. I feel that like people hear you a little bit more and recognize you. Having my business, I actually got my name from a medicine man out in Pine Ridge. Native American, by the way, I am Dine. Apache, and I also have Goyotecan. So I'm very proud of my roots. So I just wanted to incorporate and share with people who I am by my name and what I do. It is Lakota for gifted and talented hands. And so how many years have you had that business? 13 years. About a year out of school, I was just kind of getting my feet wet, so to speak, in the massage industry. I was a medical assistant and worked for multi-specialty physicians. I moved here to Colorado, just kind of started working for other businesses and just decided, you know, I want to be able to do this for myself, have a little bit more free time and kind of expand my business, but still have the wonders of being able to be home and be with my kids. And I know with your business too, you're a massage therapist, but at the same time, you have this urge to give back to so many different things. What do you think made you have this interest in giving back? My dad was in the military. He retired in 92. So I've been a military brat all my life. And I have to say through the gifts that my parents have blessed me with, the gift of caring and loving and thinking of others, not just myself, just saw them. They were my example. They put forth showing things that we should do as human beings just to help others. I remember my dad inviting young women and men from the military that were coming in, especially for the holidays. I didn't have a place to be. And so I remember just bringing them in and we would make dinner and just enjoy laughs and music and things like that. So that kind of started that fuel for me, that want to give back, you know, the small little act of kindness, what it would do for somebody else, especially for men and women that do so much already for us. Did you have other brothers and sisters as well? I do. I have an older brother. He's two years older than I am. It's myself and I have two younger sisters. Oh, wow. Okay. So there's four of you. You took that away from your parents and you kind of got to observe what they were doing. And my parents were the same way. We always Mm -hmm. had somebody in our house, I feel like, for some type of Thanksgiving or Christmas. We always like found people to have in our house. Absolutely. You know, and it sounds like that's what you took away from your parents. But what about your sisters and brothers? Can you say that they sort of picked that up at the same time as well? Absolutely. It's something that we get to share. My sister is married to a Marine. Sorry, I don't mean to get emotional. It's just, I'm very, very passionate when it comes to our men and women who are in the armed forces or just military period. We were out there two years ago for Thanksgiving and just decided that we would share that with them and just have family since they were so far away in Mississippi and we were out here. So we decided to fly out and surprise them and we got to make Thanksgiving dinner and they invited fellow 
military women and men that were just directly in and didn't have the family. So it was just that kind of full circle. So it's a tradition that is still being kept. And are your parents still alive? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. But were they there too? Or was it just you and your family? It was just me and me and my family. Absolutely. The passion and the respect that we have for our men and women in the armed forces, it runs deep. Tell me a little more now about some of these amazing organizations, and we can take it one at a time. So I think the one that I want you to start with is the organization that is called either the Zebra Project or the Saruni, which I was just blown away with what they do. So tell me a little bit more about the Saruni or the one who rescues that project and organization, and because I feel like there's different facets of that. So go ahead and kind of Talk to me a little bit more about how did you even find this project or organization, first of all, and then anything else that you can tell me about this organization, because I thought this was really, really neat to learn about. Like I had said before, I had been a therapist for some time, uh, about 2006, and then decided that I, when I moved here, I wanted to do a more extensive massage, more like prenatal and specialty things. So I decided to go back to school, and I met this amazing guy named Andy Duncan. He actually was one of our instructors there as students. This happened about 2011. He says, hey, you know, I'm going to get you guys involved with the community. This was, I think, the second year that this was going on. And he brought us on a few students and got us going. So this was kind of that eye opener to this thing that was going on. He said, you know, we're going to do that. We spent all day just donating our time massaging all the athletes that were there um, for this volleyball tournament. I just thought, okay, this is a fluke. This is just something that was just kind of for fun. No, this just kept going on. And he just said, you know what? He reached out the following year. Would you like to help? And I've been doing it ever since. So they just had this year, April, their 10th year. I've been involved with it for nine years now. How does it get involved in a volleyball tournament? The volleyball is just kind of being held as an event. It's something that's really big out here, like skiing. It is like its own little community of people. It's it's really great. They have events going on all the time, but they decided that on this event that they were going to sponsor one of the girls that are rescued. And every year it's the same gal or someone new, but we rescue at least a girl for this event. So all the money and proceeds go for this organization, again, nonprofit. Um, They actually even also collect gently used shoes for these girls who don't have shoes. Or I've seen a lot of photos. We have the girls walking around with some of our zebra volleyball shirts that they make and we sell and again proceeds all go to this event we have also gail and mark who are the founders who kind of just brought this on and said okay we want to help these young girls out so the sprinty organization is started by this gail and mark coleman Coleman, yeah Mm -hmm. about 25 years ago and tell me a little bit more about what they do these girls at a very young age basically are sold Say, for example, if a father has a daughter and decides to marry her off to another man for that marriage, he will then in return get land, animals, money, whatever it may be. And these girls are at a very young age. And I'm talking about a young daughter who could be 11, 12, who should be enjoying life, not worrying about being a wife, you know, and whatever a wife entails. And that's just too young of an age for these young girls. These girls are then married off. These girls are taken. These men that they're married off to could have multiple wives. And you're looking at the physical, the mental, spiritual abuse that these young girls have to endure. 
and they're either raising other children or, you know, being young mothers themselves. So it's something they decided that they wanted to go in and jump in and rescue these girls from there. So these young girls are then rescued. They're in this actual property that they're on and they're guarded. And this is in Kenya? This is Kenya, Mm -hmm. Africa. So of course, not only do they have fathers or family members trying to go in and take these girls back out, they're having to be guarded by gentlemen with arms just to protect them. And not only that, I mean, they're still wild animals. So these girls are given shelter and they're taught and given education and also skill sets so that they're out of that revolving door. They're able to make something for themselves and have a life outside of that mentality. And it's so incredible. Like, it's hard for me to even wrap my head around it because you think, first of all, what father would sell off their kid, right? Which I get it because we see it and we know that it's out there. So it happens and it's not necessarily even happening just in other countries. Mm -hmm. It could be happening in our own country too with the trafficking. And then my mind goes to what you walked me through with the girls as far as what they're sold off and the fathers that get the land or whatever it is that they need to possibly even survive. We've got to maybe think that they're victims too. It's possible that they're just trying to survive and provide for their family. And it's still hard for me to understand the culture of selling off a girl, a young child. But then my mind goes to how in the world did these two people, Mark and Gail, figure out, okay, this is enough. We're going to go rescue these girls. Like how would they even track these girls down to be able to rescue them, to get mm-hmm. them into a shelter, to set up the shelter, to get guards there that were not in on all of this either. Mm-hmm. It blows my mind trying to figure out all these different pieces to the puzzle. I'm not even too sure that you even know it either without talking to these two people. Yeah. Actually, when I was asked to do this, I just, and honestly, you know, half the time I'm on a whim and I'm like, yes, I'll get asked, can you help out with this organization? This is the cause. I don't even give it a second thought. It's just like, yes, I'll do it. And I say that this is my baby because even though it's been going on 10 years, I've been involved with nine and I'm very proud of it. And even if it is just helping one girl, that is one girl. And you don't have to know all the ins and outs either. Absolutely. It's exactly like what you said, that mindset of you heard about something, you thought it was kind of a cool deal. It was already going even on its second year. So you were able to jump in where you were needed. And Mm -hmm. for you, it was providing massages for athletes, right? Absolutely. So for my listeners, it's really cool because you don't have to start your own nonprofit. You don't Mm -hmm. have to know all the ins and outs of the organization, but if it's this feeling of, you know what, I seriously want to help. It was a whim, but really something touched your heart where you said, no, I'm not putting up with that either. Mm-hmm. And this is how I'm going to stand for it is I'm actually going to put myself out there to help and support that organization. That's huge. So then we'll come over to the U.S. And how does it connect this volleyball tournament? So there's a volleyball tournament that people pay to enter a team and then do a percentage of those proceeds or do all of the proceeds go towards this project? In honesty, I don't even think about that. It's just, okay, we had another successful year. I think when we first started, it was one gym. And then now that we've been doing it for 10 years, by the way, this is held on the UNC campus in Greeley. We, I believe, have several gyms up and open. So people are constantly running back and forth through gyms. So like if they'll finish a tournament, they'll run and come into another gym and another court because there's several courts going on. So yeah, for me, it's more like, you know what? Oh my gosh, we're growing bigger and bigger. It's not even what this is for. And then also these players bring in gently used tennis shoes, things like that for these young girls. I think when we talked about it, 
you said it's all ages too. It's oh, adults yeah. as oh. well. So it's not teams or club teams. And the only reason why I'm asking is because my kids play sports. And so mm-hmm. I see these tournaments mm-hmm. all weekend long. Yeah. And it just makes me think, even if we did one weekend where it was actually donated towards a nonprofit, what a difference that makes. You're saying there's a volleyball tournament in UNC at least once a year, mm-hmm. right? And I'm thinking, I wonder if my daughter's going to be part of it, you know, playing volleyball. Mm-hmm. But why not do it for basketball too? Or why not do it? Because I've been part of these weekend tournaments that are literally all weekend long and we oh, are gosh, running yes. back and forth to every oh, yes. single gym possible on that campus, uh-huh. you know, multiple <laughs> days of that weekend. Yeah. So I'm just sitting back thinking, I wonder why. People just don't have one weekend where it's donated to nonprofits. It seems like it would be so easy. And one weekend out of all the weekends that were there doesn't necessarily feel like these people who are running the tournaments would lose a lot of money. But I don't know. I'm not too sure. You know? Wow. So I would imagine that there are a lot of volleyball teams. Finish. I know for a fact we've got people coming in from Wyoming, South Colorado, Colorado Springs, just all over just to attend this event that is now huge. So how do people learn about the volleyball tournament? So I think it's more word of mouth. Now it's expanded. I mean, and of course, nowadays with social media, we do have the social media page for the actual event. volleyball event. And it's just once a year. Yes. Okay. Every April. You had mentioned that at least one girl that has been saved, you have enough to at least help one girl, correct? Yes. And then what happens then? Is it that she's brought over to the U.S.? No, actually, they are still in Kenya, Africa. They're on this actual property. They have their schooling, their actual lodging where they all stay. It's kind of like a two-story building. The bottom are the classrooms. The top is where the girls stay. They have another building where they have like a kitchen area or like an area where they would do, say, workshop and they're taught basic skills like how to sew, how to cook, how to maintain themselves. I remember the first couple of years we actually had them bring in items that these girls made, bracelets or baskets Mm. or just different things like that. So it's grown so much that some days or some years they don't get some of that stuff out because they do travel back and forth, both Mark and Gail travel back and forth with some of these things for these events. And sometimes it could just kind of be where they're caught and they're out there for weeks at a time or months at a time. And then if people wanted to actually either help out, get involved, and maybe even with if it's the volleyball tournament, if it's something else that they can help out with the student organization, or even just donate to the organization. Can they do that just on the Sabrini.org? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You can sponsor. As of April, we have rescued 60 young girls. 10 of those girls are now college students. And when they are now in college, we have individual families that sponsor these young girls in their college needs. And they can find that information on the website. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. So you would at least need for a family to sponsor somebody to go to college Do they stay in Kenya or do they now? That I'm not sure. As far as when they're going to college, I don't know if they're studying abroad or if they're just kind of there. I'm really, to be honest with you, not quite sure. So the money would definitely be able to help the girls who are trying to either get trade studies done. Yes, ma'am. In that safety or that shelter, Mm -hmm. or if it's time for them to go on to college too. Yes, but they're also like a, a basic school. They're given their education and then with their trade. Here's something you might not know. 
NOCO FM is also a podcast network producing one-of-a-kind programming like the show you're enjoying right now. We have talk shows, original comedy, music shows curated by real people, and a lot more. So if you like what you're hearing, make NOCO FM a part of your day and tell your friends. Remember, that's www.noco.fm. then tell me a little bit about other events or organizations that you're involved in because you don't just help out with one. Oh gosh. You no. know, <laughs> I feel like you have this heart when you see something, you're like, oh my goodness, like I can put my energy there. Yeah. So tell me about anything else that you just get drawn to and oh, whether it's an event or an organization. Before I even go on, I just have to say I don't or have I ever thought about doing these things because I want the light shine on me. I feel like I'm just that one person that's that voice that helps out. I feel like one stone, one good deed that I do, I throw it in this pond. And that pond, that stone causes all these ripples. And if that ripple causes or gets somebody touched by something that they saw me doing, it's like, oh, sends off that domino effect. Well, I could do that too. And that's why I do what I do. Not only, you know, it feeds my soul. I feel like it's the energy that you put out in the universe and it's good energy. I mean, as it is, everybody knows we could definitely have a better world that we live in in this day and age. And the more kindness that somebody does for somebody else, just it comes back. You never know when you're going to be in that situation. If you're, you find yourself struggling or you can have like the perfect job and then just one day you know that you're getting laid off and then you find yourself homeless. It's like you want somebody to say, you know what, I was there and I helped out when I could and now I need help. And that kindness will find its way back to you. What do your kids feel? Because I'm sure that they see you doing that, right? You picked it up from your parents. I know that my kids see certain things. I can see that they are starting to have the heart to also give back as well. What kind of conversations do you have with your children? Oh my goodness. They just, I mean, they show me the love for sure. And it's not something that I see or I even give a second thought about. It's just my kids have that same thought. You know, if my kids see somebody who doesn't have lunch money, they've bought them lunch or done things like that or given money to somebody who you know is homeless and really needs something and things like that. It's just that I think it's an unspoken thing. They just see it and they know this is the way you should live. This is the world we should have where if everybody did this, the world would be different. Mm-hmm. Definitely be different, you know? And it's so cool too because you're obviously not doing it so that your kids for sure know that this is the way it should be. It's not like it's a dictatorship, but you're doing it because you're following, again, that energy. You're following that feeling of, no, I should be doing this because I'm alive and I'm a soul here on earth and we should be doing this. I have the means. Yep. And just by that alone, by you showing up, I hate to say this, but it's kind of like some moms just care so much about their kids that they won't put themselves out there, though, because they want to be there for their kids all the time. Oh, that's me, too. <laughs> well, right. Exactly. But at the same time, you're still there for your kids, but you're doing what you want to do because that feels good. But they're also seeing that as well, Absolutely. which is so different. And it's so hard. I know as a mom, just being able to feed your own energy as well, because you want to be there for your kids. Absolutely. But it can be done, though. And in that feeding, like your kids are already observing that as well without you having to say okay, bye kids. Mom's going to go do this. And just so that you know, I'm doing this. You know, it's not like you're showing or anything like that. It's just so hard to explain, but it is 
something that I wanted to point out because again, as a mom, you can still be there for your kids mm-hmm. and feed your soul at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay. I know that was totally a side note, but yeah, go <laughs> ahead and, and please tell me a little bit more about some of these other either organizations or events that you are involved in or that you feel like you can give back. So I do apologize if I'm leaving anybody out, but I said I do quite a bit in the years that I've been out here. I've done everything from the local rescue center, the missions here in Fort Collins. I've done COPS, which is second year that I've done. And actually, it's a retreat that they hold up in Estes Park every year. And these are for family members who have lost their significant others, whether they be son or daughter or a spouse or a family member in the line of duty. So this is police officers or state troopers. So this retreat, I go out there. And for me, it's almost like bringing comfort to these family members who are still, I don't care how much time has passed, still grieving, still remembering their loved ones. That brings me a lot of and joy are you to do that. Providing support for them, or are you also using like your hands massage Every, therapy? Everything I do is just massage. Oh, I'm wow. able to go up and set up a table or a chair and just provide them with massaging. So for me, it's it's a form of therapy. You know, it is. It really is. Just to bring them that comfort and that. And some of these police officers are actually still out there because they're friends. It's being in that line set. You still have men and women who are still active and they go out there to support because it is a family. Not only is it individual families, but it's being a police officer is a big family. Everybody knows everybody. And it's about supporting that family member who lost somebody. So they come together as a bigger family. I've done Blue Wives Matter out in Severance. I did that one year. There's like so much. How do you find <laughs> these things though? That's the thing. For some of my listeners, I'm sure that they want to give back, but they don't even know where to start. So how do you find these things that you ultimately then decide, okay, this is where I'm going to put my energy for a little bit? Actually, it's just people that know people. So how I found out about the cops, the Blue Lives Matter, I found out by a local friend slash neighbor who also is a dispatcher for one of the police stations in Fort Collins who said, hey, this event's going on. I know you like to give back. You're a therapist. How would you like doing this? And I'm like, yes. I don't even like get all the details. And I'm like, yes, let's do it. Andy Duncan, again, who brought me involved with the zebra volleyball, also got me involved with the cops out in Estes Park, which they hold. Again, this is the second year that we've done it up at the YMCA up in Estes Park. So he got me involved with that. So it's just people that are like minded who have that passion of giving back to others. And it's not even about making a buck at the end of the day, because I'm going to tell you right now, Any tips or anything that I get from any of these events just goes right back into these organizations. Which I love because you're definitely using what you went to school for Mm -hmm. and your profession and your skill. It's my passion. Yeah. Yeah. And and bringing it to other places that wouldn't necessarily feel like that might be something that they need, but you're finding out that these people do need that. It sounds like the way that you find a different organization to help is by word of mouth. And my question is, do you ever think that you'll stop having this bleeding heart? And the only reason why I'm asking is because I felt that. I felt like, okay, I was giving money here, giving money there. And it's like, I cannot go broke giving money to everybody. And so I've got to find a different way to give back because I still want to give back. Absolutely. But there's this kind of thing where I don't want anybody to go broke over 
learning about these things and giving back to all these organizations. Some of the podcasts that I'm having, I don't want people to think, oh, I have to give here. I have to give there. Giving back to somebody, it's not necessarily anything to do with money. It's doing a kind deed. Even if it's donating your time at a local shelter, a soup kitchen, things like that. There's so many ways you can help. Like the zebra volleyball, you can donate your time. If you're a ref and you know how to volleyball, you jump in and you can volunteer that time or whatever it may be. I mean, there's so many things that you can do that doesn't cost anything. It's just your time. I absolutely agree. I know. You always have that where you will be drawn to different things. And it might not have anything to do with the other thing either. Mm -hmm. But at least you know that you still have that energy and those resources, which for you are your time in your hands. Absolutely. Right? To give back. And and using especially what you're passionate about. Yes. That's so cool. Yes. Tell me about any other interesting stories that have become part of your journey in giving back. So I've had a few, but the one that actually honestly stands out the most is, I know it sounds kind of weird to others, but one day I woke up and just had the sensational urge to just collect blankets. I just felt like it was around this time of year. And I said, you know, I feel like I need to collect blankets. I don't know why. I don't know how. I then decided, okay, who would need blankets? Okay, a local shelter. I literally got up that morning, went through Google and said, okay, local shelter, brought up the rescue mission in Fort Collins, decided to call and left a message for a woman, Heather, in charge and said, look, I don't know how, I don't know why, but I just feel like I need to collect blankets. Can you tell me, do you guys need blankets? Do they need to be gently used, brand new? Like, what is your protocol? Can you give me a call back? Well, that was first thing in the morning. I got a call back about the afternoon and she says, you know, it's funny. I came into the office, into the shelter. She says, I was told right as I went into the door, we are low on blankets. You need to get blankets some way or another. So she's okay. She goes straight to her desk, starts going through her emails and her voicemails. She comes across my voicemail saying, you know, I want to collect and donate blankets. How can I go about doing that? And she just thinks that it's just the energy in the universe that was just kind of prompting me to do this and they were needing it and there was the need. And I end up with the help of other organizations was able to collect 30 gently used blankets and donated to meet their needs or the shelter. I love that story. And it was just something that you intuitively listened to when you first woke up in the morning and you made that phone call. And I cannot believe how that happened. I I know. Crazy. That is (laughs) so crazy. That is. But I just feel like you put that good energy out and the need is there. I always feel like just as a human being, not to get sidetracked, but there's this saying that I read somewhere that says, we are not human beings on a spiritual journey, but we are spiritual beings on a human journey. So hearing that, it's like, okay, I'm putting that energy out. I feel like, you know, I want to help in some way. And I feel like in some way or another, it'll get back to me what I need to do. And I just kind of go with that. Wow. Yeah. That's really neat. From your experience and just throughout your lifetime, What's one piece of advice that you can share with our listeners on just for them to make the world better? I feel like people that listen to this show, a lot of times something that stops them short is because they just don't know where to start. You see something, you're like, oh, that's cool. I'm doing that. I'm doing that. Yeah. Not everybody thinks like that too, right? I was not always this person Oh, you weren't? (laughs) No. Really? I was very, like, very shy, very to myself, very timid, and then... 
I just over the years and then coming across the right people who just kind of tapped on my show and says, hey, you need to come out. I see you peeking. And I'm not the woman I was 10 years ago. I just felt like I've just kind of exploded out of that. As Andy Duncan would say, think outside the box, explode that box, be who you are and don't let things stop you. Don't let people stop you. Be who you are. So I, wow. if I had advice to others, it would be, be you. You have a voice. Shout it out. Be that person that, you know, you can. And it doesn't necessarily mean just doing good deeds. Be that kind voice. Thank you so much for tuning in to Connecting a Better World. And thank you, NOCO FM, for supporting this show. If you haven't heard... NOCO FM is dedicated to bring diverse voices and spotlighting a unique culture to Fort Collins and beyond. For more information, please visit www.noco.fm. If you connected to something in this episode, we would love to hear from you. Our contact info will be listed in the show notes as well as you can reach us on our social media channels. Please feel free to share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. For more shows, please tune in to noco.fm online. This has been a production of NOCO FM. 